Hello and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtagbasketball.com. You're home for no more trade rumors, I guess, but fantasy basketball tools, fantasy basketball articles, uh, if advanced scheduling, the the best on the internet easily, and uh, a bunch of other insightful fantasy basketball help all on hashtag basketball.com. Go check them out. I'm your host, Mike Cashman, and joining me, uh, he's still around, he's still alive, he's still awake after a long and hectic trade deadline, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, sadly, we got most of the good deals out of the way yesterday, and it was just a lot of, I mean, I don't know. There were still, what, five deals, six deals? Six yeah, deals, I, I mean, think, that went down. Like, but I mean, we didn't just see, we didn't get too much juiciness. I think if uh, yesterday didn't happen today, take one of the big deals from yesterday. Let's say let's uh, the Tobias Harris deal from yesterday. You threw it in today. Today would be a fairly, I'd say, a, pr- a fairly um, interesting trade deadline. But because yesterday was so crazy, almost at a, a frenetic pace, today seemed a little lackluster. It seemed a little disappointing. Well, and we didn't get the big morning trade like we got yesterday, right? That was that was fun to get one like early on in the day, and then they like just kept coming yesterday. Whereas it was all kind of right around that little deadline clump there, where we kind of just got them all, and they were all dumped on us like at the same moment. And that was that also made took away from the fun a little bit. I think. Yeah, I feel like it, they uh, the trade deadline should be in the evening. Like uh, I don't know if they wanted to do get it all over with before games start. I guess, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I like the drama of Harrison Barnes getting uh, traded while he's playing. Now, uh, apparently, you might know more about this since you covered the Dallas Mavericks, but uh, he knew that he was being traded and asked to play in that game. So all the uh, hand-wringing that uh, LeBron did on Instagram and in public, which honestly that message didn't even make sense anyway, uh, was really for not. Yeah, right. So basically, he knew for the last day or so that they were in the works to trade him to the Kings. And he told them, you know, they 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 told him right before tip that the deal was not finalized, but it was probably going to be finalized during the game. And he said, okay, I'm going to play. I think that's really cool, not just of Harrison Barnes, but of the Dallas Mavericks organization. I, I feel like only a handful of maybe only a couple of organizations, the Spurs being one of them. Uh, could really have that type of, I think, strive to have that type of relationship with their players. Um, to be like, hey, we're we're trading you, no hard feelings, and it's up to you what you want to do about it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and shout out to Harrison Barnes, who, by all accounts, just a really, really good dude and you know, a really, really nice guy and a really, really good teammate. So I, I think he genuinely wanted to help his teammates. And fair play to him, man. Well, he's he's on a playoff contender now, so he's he'll be. I think he'll be doing fairly well in his new location. Yeah, I mean that'll be an interesting um, situation. They got a, a lot of guys that can play the four-ish, so we'll see if Harrison Barnes is mostly just a three, or if he plays that three-four kind of combo role like he played in Dallas, and you know, how they kind of run those lineups and rotations. I will say this: Dave Yeager, very frustrating coach, even still. So uh, things could get a little wonky there. 
Yeah, I think we we talked about yesterday's trades in the previous episode. So if you have not listened to that, please go do that. Um, and also, if you were a one of our Patreon subscribers, you got that episode way ahead of everybody else over on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. So shout out to our subscribers uh, who are listening to this podcast before everybody else as well. Um, so Tyler, let's just let's just get into it. Um, let's talk about the trade. Uh, the big, actually, the biggest news that happened today, which is the trade that did not happen. And that was Anthony Davis going anywhere. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out. I don't know who it was. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the guy who tweeted, like a, some beat reporter tweeted at like, I don't know, 159 central time, a minute, seconds before the deadline, that Rich Paul has announced that Anthony Davis would not be traded. Thanks. Thanks, man. What a What a scoop. Wait, this was news? This was today. Um, like right before the trade deadline ended, somebody tweeted that Rich Paul has told him that Anthony Davis wouldn't be traded. And it was like, yeah, the trade deadline is basically up. Of course he's not being traded. Like that's not – that literally could have been anyone guessing five minutes, seconds before the trade deadline. Uh, I don't think it was really a guess. I think it was kind of written on the walls through – most of the deliberations around Anthony Davis. Well, and I mean, you heard the reports and I actually think these were probably true of, you know, Danny Ainge was trying to convince all the Pelicans people that basically no matter what anyone's willing to offer you today, I'm willing to offer more this off season. I'm just going to throw it out there. No one should trust Danny Ainge. No one should trust uh, the Boston Celtics and maybe probably shouldn't trust people from Boston either. I'm going there. I'm going all the way there. People from Boston, uh, not, not the not the cream of the crop. How about that? Shots fired. Suck it, Boston. <laughs> Off to a quick start here uh, of just shitting all over cities. Don't worry, we are going to get uh, to Orlando. I'll go shit on them here in a little bit too. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Boston is uh, sitting pretty because they do have the best the ability to have probably the best or close to the best offer if you know certain teams like Philly aren't willing to give up one of their superstars. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have a ton of just young assets and assets that would, you know, make any team be relatively interested in them. And obviously if they're really willing to offer Jason Tatum, that's probably as good as you're gonna get for someone like Anthony Davis. And then if you're willing to offer more than that, um that would definitely be you know, the best offer they can get. So I actually, even though Anthony Davis didn't get traded today, I made a trade for Anthony Davis today, and that ran up close to the trade deadline as well. So I had my own mini uh, negotiation heading up to the trade deadline for Anthony Davis. <laughs> I had a pending uh, trade to the Anthony Davis owner that he could accept at any time. He had a trade back to me that was not as good that I could accept at any time. We spent hours trying to convince the other one to take just hit the button and that we were going to pull it. We were pulling it all back right at 2 PM. Uh, and um, I will say I, I blinked first. I took the trade and uh, Anthony Davis did not get traded. And that was very, very depressing because I figured he'd be shut down, but it sounds like he is not being shut down. I don't think the league wants that. It sounds like the Pelicans 
who probably do want that aren't going to have that happen. So let's talk about Anthony Davis moving uh, for the rest of the season moving forward. Um, if you didn't buy low on him, like, like, sorry, but you might be able to sneak it in now, but I, I highly doubt it. Anthony Davis uh, over under on games played for the rest of the year. Let's see. Um, I, I believe the Pelicans have 20. Let's see. Tw- how many, how many games do, do the Pelicans have left? Let's, let's look at the 25, 20, 30, 25, 30. Uh, you're making this up now. I'm certainly making it up because I didn't do the proper research before the show. And no one should be surprised at that at all. Um, what would you say the over/under is on games played for Anthony Davis for the rest of the? Uh, well, how many games do the Pelicans have left? Let's oh my hear god, it. that's on. the that's going to be the crux of your answer. Yes. Oh my god. All right. Um, it's a it is good hearing that they have played they have played fifty five. Michael, do the math. Oh, do man. the math. Don't make me do math at this hour. I, I don't have the time. Let me get a. Let me get. I'm not joking. Twenty seven. I'm embarrassed. I'm getting the calculator out. They have 27 games okay. left. I was really close. I said 25. Um, so how many does Davis play yet? I mean, it all depends. If they're if they're hanging around for the end toward the end of the season, they might keep playing him. More than likely, he probably plays for the next couple weeks right. and they make up some phantom injury that holds him out for the rest of the year. Let, let's let's I'm gonna go all the way in and break this down for everybody. I'm not even I since I half asked the uh the how many games the Pelicans had left, I'm not gonna half ass this analysis. So let's throw out let's say the Pelicans are not real. I, I'm gonna guess the Pelicans are not really in the playoff race. You can't shut him down now though, because he's gonna play in the all-star game. So you yeah. have to at least play him through the all-star break. And that's what like we've seen this the last few years with numerous players, right? Where they play up until the all-star break and then there's this phantom injury that comes about and then they're just out for the year. Yeah. I'm actually gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna start at the end of the season and say, all right, he's got 27 games max. Let's cut out legitimately all the games in April. So that's uh, four full games. I'm also going to say I'm going to cut out a, a one of the games in the last week of March. All right, so uh, that's, three, that's five. So we're down to 22. And now I'm going to go cut out any back-to-backs or any, like, kind of uh, – um, like a bunch of games at a certain amount of days. So there's one back to back. Let's just cut out another one. We're down to 20. Uh, let's let's go 19, 18, and I'm gonna cut another one. I'm gonna say the over under is 17 games. Let, that that seems fair. 15 to 17 sounds right. So let's just go 16 to make it even. Who yeah. wouldn't take it over or the under? under i am too but here's the thing 15 games 15 games let's say from anthony davis is pretty much like 30 games from anyone who's like a mid-tier player like a middle middle round player the only issue is you know if you're in a head-to-head league where you know the playoffs are really the most important part of the season and anthony davis might not be super around for that part of the year yeah, you were taking huge, huge risk, um, and you're probably not going to. If I'd actually say, 
if you're an Anthony Davis owner, still trading him might be a good idea. I think you still get a lot of money on the dollar since it has been announced that he will play. He's not going to play for uh, probably half of the half of the 27 games. Uh, if you're in a roto league, though, quality starts are the only thing that matter. Those are all good quality starts. Yeah, but I mean, it still depends on what you're selling for. Like, if you're telling me I can sell Anthony Davis for number one overall pick price right now because someone tells me he's going to play, right? And I'm, I'm selling that to the other owner, and I can I would still do that because I don't think he's going to be the number one player from today forward. I think you do. A, I would do a player swap with anybody in the top ten. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And, and if, I can, if I can get like a second round pick and yeah. a seventh and an eighth round pick, I'd probably be doing that too. Yeah. In fact, I might even go down to top 15 direct player swap because all those players in the rest of the top 15, they're going to play the rest of the year. And Anthony Davis is, we just, Hey, he's, he's not going to, he's just not going to, if you had to, uh, if you're looking to take a risk, because you're either out of the playoffs or you're struggling in a roto league and you need, you know, well, what, what doesn't Anthony Davis give you, but especially blocks, rebounds, points, um, then it might be worth swinging just to, to, to make up a lost time and get all the quality starts you can out of Anthony Davis in a roto league. So um, good news. I'd say good news for Anthony Davis, uh, people who are rostering Anthony Davis currently, you have some options when it comes to what you want to do with them for the rest of the season. And that is probably a better place than you thought you would be at this hour um, with him not being traded to another team. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, hey, there was a lot of – even though nothing was traded in Anthony Davis, a lo- there was a lot of excitement around Anthony Davis today. Uh, but there were a bunch of other trades today, uh, even though Tyler was very disappointed in most of them. Um the Wizards didn't really do anything. We thought maybe they would do something uh, yesterday, uh, but they didn't. They didn't really do too much today. Um, let's go with the the ones that don't matter too much uh, first, and then we'll get to the the big two uh, that really matter for standard league relevant players. Um, but I want to I want to give a shout out to Scalabassier, um, who is going to I believe Portland. And, like, I like Scalabassier. I hope he does well in Portland. Tyler, you know Scalabassier almost better than anybody other than maybe his parents, uh, maybe his, his siblings or cousins. Uh, I, I know you recently were stalking Scalabassier, perhaps. You know, this when... this trade was kind of a fun swap in the sense that it was a little bit similar to that Thawne Maker for Stanley Johnson yeah. one where, you know, it's two guys who were for, for high draft picks and – first round picks that were struggling a little bit in their current situations and now they get a new home and you know that's interesting you know scal say what you want about scal man scal could be that kind of modern big stretch four type if he gets the right situation where he can actually get some consistent minutes and gets a place where he thinks the team believes in him like i I just kind of got the sense when he played for the kings that he never quite really felt like everybody was behind him and that he was, you know, really a part of the rotation at any point. And you would even see that, like he would play a little bit and then he'd drop out of the rotation. Then he'd play a little bit. Um, he's a career 35.7% three point shooter. So like a league average or a little above. 
for a man who's nearly seven feet tall. Yeah, he's like a poor man's Lowry Marketing. Uh, but he has a lot of uh, tools that we we liked when he first came into the league. Um, is uh, he, he, is Portland the right situation for him though? Probably, probably not, right? Probably not. But here's the thing: like, probably a better situation. Well, and Portland's kind of in that same cap situation as some of the other teams we talked about yesterday, where it's the cap situation isn't great there, and you know maybe that they're gonna you know use him as a 15, 20 minute rotation player this year. And maybe they plan to expand that role a little bit moving forward. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what kind of minutes he can get, but I, I'm, I'm not ready to give up on Scal yet. And it's important to remember Scal still only 22 years old. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's why we're spending any time on the Scalabasier trade is that if you're in a dynasty league, you're in a keeper league. I'm not ready to give up on him either. I think he does have some uh, decent fantasy potential, but also it could end up being, he is our, uh, next generation Mo Harkless, where you think they could be great and they never, they never end up panning out. So shout out to Scal, um, Greg Monroe, off to Brooklyn. Is Greg Monroe going to get enough minutes in Brooklyn to be standard league relevant? We saw Probably. plenty of a uh, plenty of time where Greg Monroe was didn't need that many minutes to be standard league relevant. I think that time may have passed. Is yeah, Greg Monroe is not twenty two. Yeah, so you know Greg Monroe, but Greg Monroe's still only twenty eight. He turns twenty nine in June. Like some people forget that. Some people think Greg Monroe's like in his thirties now. I would have guessed thirty nine years old. Because it seems like he's been around forever. Um, yeah, Brooklyn, another situation where they got a lot of guys who can play minutes, and so I'm thinking he probably plays, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes a game, if that. And I just don't think Greg Monroe is really worth anything in a standard league in that role anymore. Yeah, same here. Uh, we have another swap. Um, Markel Fultz going to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons. I, I'm kind of excited to see both of them playing on a new team, uh, one that might allow each one of them to thrive a little bit better. So this is almost like the third, hey, we're just swapping young guys because they're not working out here, but you know, there, there's some value. Um, th- those are kind of rare trades, and we've had three of them in the last – two days uh is this mean uh maybe in deeper leagues marco Fultz might be relevant again yeah i think so i mean shout out to the sixers for getting that haul for marco Fultz. they got a first and a second round pick for marco Fultz, who looked uh, i'm fair to say dead in the water i mean like he just can't get right and well, he, let's put it this way. If there was a franchise that was going to get them a first-round pick and one of their young uh, talents, it's it's going to be the, the trash pile, the tire fire that is the city of Orlando. So. Well, Orlando has no one to play at point guard, and that's – I mean, Marco Fultz came out as a point guard, and I think maybe some of the things that – you know, made him change his shot and all those things that we saw last year as a rookie was the fact that he was going to be a shooting guard. He wasn't really going to have the ball in his hands as much as he was used to for his whole life. Fair to say, I think Orlando puts the ball back in his hands. You know what I mean? Like they don't really have anything else to build around that they're super excited about. Um, I think they put the ball in his hands. They let him, you know, kind of be him. And it'll be really interesting to see what Markel can do. In real basketball, in fantasy, Markel's always put up stats that are useful. Even in 20 minutes a game, like, go look at the stat line. Now, the percentages aren't great. The percentages are never going to be great. He's not a big three-point shooter, but we're talking in 22 minutes a game this year, he's averaging 3.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists, nearly a steal, 0.3 blocks, 
Like those are some pretty decent categories. And if you're telling me he's going to play 30, 32 minutes, that sounded like a really nice fantasy line. Yeah, I think you should keep an eye on Markel Fultz in Orlando. Simmons probably, obviously, he's going to a stack team. He's not going to really have. I think he actually he'll he'll play a little bit more than people think, but he's probably not going to be uh, too much of a well. And he's on Philly, and he's another guy who is not does not produce big in the defensive stats. So, you know, he's the type of guy where he's basically just points and not a lot else, and so. Even you know if he gets big minutes, I, I'm not really in love with Jonathan Simmons' fantasy game. Neither am I. Um, so let's get to the meat and potatoes and bones, all all of all three of them um, of the trade deadline. The um, one of the greats, one of the most uh, beautiful beards in the game. Hopefully he grows it back. Nico Miritich. Uh, and what I think might be the best trade of, of not just the day, but probably of the uh, of the whole deadline, to the Bucks for uh, Stinky Johnson, who the Bucks uh, swindled over um, for Thon Maker, and four second round picks, uh, and and Jason Smith too, if you want to really throw Jason Smith in there. Uh, Nico going to a playoff team that. Basically, hey, someone who looked like Nico Miritich. If New Orleans is going to make a trade like this, th- that does not sound good for their their hopes for getting a good haul for Anthony Davis. Because what I mean, what why 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 even give Miritich up for this deal? Like, what the hell are any of these things going to do for you? Yeah, I have no idea. Unless they're just going to throw second round picks around, uh, like they're the Chicago Bulls for the next. Uh, three to six years. Um, Stanley Johnson, at least, is someone who is young enough and has the ability to play NBA basketball on a court, uh, unlike most of the ro- the the roster after the starting lineup on the Pelicans. Yeah, but I mean... But Nico Miritich is gone, so... Yeah, that this this trade made no sense to me um, from, from their perspective. And, and good on the Bucks for swindling them. I mean, great. Um, Miritich is probably going to take a fantasy hit on that team. You know, he's, yeah, I think so. You know, but, but it's not like Nico had been playing like hardcore starters minutes this season. And Nico, he's been relevant, uh, more than relevant. He's been very good in, you know, 28 to 30 minutes a game. Yeah. And I mean, this is just a great fit for that team. They needed, uh, you know, a little bit more shooting, a little bit more floor spacing. I honestly think he can play a similar minutes load. I'm just not sure he gets the quite same amount of shots um, on that Bucks team with, you know, a few more options. Um, He's also got to get healthy. He's been out with that calf strain for um, a good bit now. So that's kind of first job for Miritich. Uh, Plus you got to fit into a new system. And I talked about this a little bit, you know, some, some Mavericks fans were freaking out with Tim Hardaway had a, a, pretty rough game of shooting the ball. And I'm like, well, he's got to fit into a new system. Like it's important to remember that, you know, these guys are playing with all new players who they don't really know where they're going to be or what the plays are quite yet. So um, we're going to see that little bump of, for a couple of weeks where he probably struggles a little bit with his shot and finding, you know, some open spaces. And then, you know, he could probably relatively produce what he's produced for the Pelicans in relatively the same amount of minutes. Um, the shot attempts might be down slightly, but, We've seen Meritage average about 15 points a game, you know, each of the last two years. I wouldn't be super shocked if he kept that up in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think it might take him a, a hot minute to not just adjust to the new uh, system. And I think uh, 
um, I think a lot of people don't realize, or at least they, they just assume ba- the NBA basketball is just like NBA 2K, where it's like, okay, yeah, I made a trade. This all works out, and that guy's better. All right, cool. Uh, like knowing guy, where guys are, their spots are, where they like the ball pass, knowing, and like you're saying, knowing the plays, knowing what's being ran. Uh, it takes a while, and that really does matter. Um, but also Nico's going to need a little time to come back from this cap strain that he has had. Um, uh, there's a couple injuries this season, so he might have a slow start, and it might be a good time to buy low on him if you still have the ability to make trades in your league, some trade deadlines in the second the trade deadline ends in the NBA. Others last for another couple weeks or a week after the All-Star game, and I, I'm for a, a later um, trade deadline in, in my leagues. Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely have to put it through the the real trade deadline a little bit and give people a little bit of time to readjust and react to some of the moves they saw. Because, I mean, like this, you know, this isn't the greatest situation, but there's some situations where the guy takes a big hit. And we're probably going to talk about one, you know, a little bit in, in you know, with this Memphis-Toronto trade where, you know, Mark Gasol, the player you bought on draft day, is then probably not going to be the same player he is in Toronto. So, you know, you, you got to give managers a little bit of time to react to that and try to make a deal if they need some additional stats. Yeah, and well, this is in uh, in New Orleans. Obviously, this is very good news for one Julius Randle, who is now going to be playing, a, I would assume, a ton of minutes um, for the Pelicans at this point. He is uh, – he could be looking at a, a team that doesn't even have Anthony Davis or um, – half the time or Nico Miritich on the floor. So that's, that's good for Julius Randall's, uh, I guess, value. Yeah. We've seen Randall, you know, kind of take another big step forward this year where he's, you know, averaging over 20 points a game. So good for him. I, I still don't love his fantasy game in the sense that, you know, it's basically half a steal and half a block a game, but you know, he's doing a lot of good things. Yeah. Both him and Nico started out really, really hot. They kind of dropped, uh, back down and I think they'll end up uh, a little bit better than they're cur- both currently playing um, since uh, with the change of scenery but yeah I don't think either one of them are going to end up being as hot as they were to start the season I don't think that's who they are it's just a just an outlier that ends up making uh, their averages look pretty close to their normal averages like we we kind of always say here on watch the boxes uh any any other changes on the on the pelicans here with that with that trade with nico no time I for mean, each one more maybe we we've seen so many of stanley these johnson's gonna get 20 minutes you know even if even in big minutes so we've seen so many of these guys like stanley johnson each one more like they're fine they're fringy you know standard league options but they really just don't do enough to be like i'm gonna drop this player on my roster to pick that guy up full time. Like it just doesn't happen. And this Pelicans team, if especially if they said Anthony Davis quite a bit down this stretch, could be in for facing a big nosedive. So that'll be interesting to yeah. see. Let's just I just want to throw it out there that Stanley Johnson is a shit fantasy basketball player. So don't don't get your hopes up there. Yeah. Um, He's a, he is strictly a steel streamer. Like uh, it's the only category he produces in that's worth anything. Yeah. Actually, when, when Nico going to the Bucks, I actually think might cut into Brooke Lopez's time, if anybody. Eh, but is Brooke Lopez even playing that much? Like, I still think they're going to carve a twenty-minute, twenty-two-minute rollout for Brooke Lopez. Like, they'll figure it out. That's what I mean, and they have so many, you know, fungible players. But they've actually been funneling, you know, kind of the defense into Brooke Lopez when he's in there, and it's like allowed him to spike his blocks back up. Um, so he's playing like twenty-seven minutes a night in Milwaukee, and I think that they're they're comfortable with that defensive system and. 
It's going to be hard to replace that, right? Just kind of like funnel the ball to Brooke Lopez and let him block shots. Um, so I still think Brooke Lopez is going to get a, a good allotment of minutes. What's What you're going to see is they're going to – you know, we talked about this last year, and they're a little bit deeper this year. Like They have a lot of fringy rotation guys that they play like 15, 18, 20 minutes. I think some of those guys are going to get kicked out, and they're just going to play Miritich more, and they're going to go with more of a tight playoff rotation where they play Blitzo, they play Brogdon, they play Giannis, they play Middleton. They play Lopez. They play Miritich. Like they just trim the rotation down and play a little tighter. Yeah, it's uh, actually Ilyasova might just be completely and uh, obsolete with the. Uh, I guess Nico Miritich is basically a better Irasan Ilyasova. That's that's who he is as a player anyway. But uh, this team is so interchangeable. They're going to be really a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to. I'll probably end up at a Bucks game here um, pretty soon with with that lineup. Um, and also to see my my boy Nico Miritich, gotta go, gotta go support all those uh, all the. Are you gonna take the, all the beautiful bearded men? Are you gonna take the chia pet with you? I should. I should get him to sign it. That'd be really fucking cool. You should. You should do it. I think he would. He's uh, he's an awesome, awesome dude. Love me some Nico Miritich. Uh, but you had already mentioned the Marcus Sol trade, so let's talk about the big one, Marcus Sol to the Toronto Raptors, which will also be a really fun watch uh for jonas valanchunas delon Wright, and cj miles plus a 2024 second round pick let's go right to the raptors um because i think this is the easier one to talk about he kind of fits right in uh to the starting lineup he's gonna play uh at the very least jonas valanchunas minutes like that's that's he's gonna play much more than those i i believe uh but that's the role he's he's bound to play on this team. Yeah, and you know it'll be interesting to see, right? Like Serge Ibaka is probably going to get limited a little bit, right? Because yep. we talk about this, Ibaka has been playing a lot more center this year. Um, Marcus Sol probably still going to play about thirty minutes a game, if you ask me. Yeah, I think his number his minutes might go down a little bit uh, compared to how he was playing in Memphis, just because their their offense does not run around uh, the the Mike Conley Marcus Sol pick and pick and roll like. They are probably going to try to get some of that into the offense at some point. It's like we've we talked about um, with everybody else, it's going to take a while to get used to the system. Uh, we could see Pascal Siakam maybe his role change a little bit. Um, I don't think I'm worried too much about anyone on this team's real trade value, uh, or excuse me, their real fantasy value. Um, like you said, Serge Ibaka maybe a little bit of a hit. Pascal Siakam maybe a tad bit minutes down. Uh, same with Marcus Sol. But other than that, I think this is a pretty straightforward plug and play. And the most interesting part for me about this trade will be watching Marcus Sol's assists. Yes. Because, because yeah, go ahead. You were going to say it. Well, that's what I mean. Are they going to do that kind of high post passing like the that the Memphis let Marcus all do. You know, we haven't really seen that much from Toronto for the big man, right? They're not letting Jonas Valanciunas do that. They're not really letting Serge Ibaka do it a ton. You know, Marcus is a guy who averaged, you know, relatively four and a half assists for each of the last three years. So, you know, is that gonna number going to drop to like two, two and a half? That's a possibility because he's just not going to be running in that same offense that's going to let him, you know, do that high post passing. So, it's definitely something I'm very interested to look at. Yeah, and, and that could hurt his value. That could hurt his value enough to uh, maybe sell high on uh, Marcus Sol. The trade deadline is an interesting time to sell high because everybody's in the news. Everybody's paying attention to the NBA. 
Uh, everybody knows who got everybody who's paying attention anyway knows who got traded. So like Marcus Sol going to a new team, people might be excited about that. And in our opinion, the minutes are going to go down a little bit, and the assists uh, definitely uh, could take a hit because of the system that they play in. Um, so do watch out for Marcus Sol. Probably a bigger bump than I maybe originally thought. That's a good point about the assists, Tyler. Yeah, and I mean, it, it could they could adapt their offense and change it a little bit to fit Marcus Saul's game I, too. So I think they will. Uh, they have to. He's he's that talented of a player. Right. So you know, I'm not saying it's going to be like some huge jump drop. You know, it might be three, three and a half. He might set up four. Which even that that's that's half assist the game matters. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see how that kind of adjusts and evolves over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, they weren't running that kind of stuff for Jonas Valanciunas, who was only playing about eighteen, or about twenty minutes a game. So uh, there's definitely more minutes for Marcus Sol up in Toronto, um, and Jonas Valanciunas was only averaging one assist. But actually, I think this is pretty good news for Jonas uh, going to Memphis, a pretty um, lackluster uh, lineup here. Once you get past the top few players. Um, Jonas could end up seeing a very big minutes bump, which when Jonas Valanciunas plays big minutes, he is, um, I mean, he's standard league relevant playing 20 minutes a game. So if he's playing 28, uh, you're looking at a, a must pick up player here. Yeah, and you know you got to think that someone's finally going to give him the minutes. But we've been fooled here before, right? By uh, we've been fooled every season since Jonas was in the in the damn league. Um, so. No promises, I will say that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously if Jonas is playing 32 or 30, even 30 a night, you're probably looking at double-digit rebounds. You're looking at over a block. You're looking at, you know, 0.7 steals, maybe 15, 18 points. You know, this Memphis team doesn't have a lot. They're going to start Jaron Jackson Jr. They're going to start Mike Conley. Why not start Jonas at center? Yeah, I mean, I just don't see why they wouldn't. They want to lose games, and Jonas has been uh, he's been sitting the uh, fourth quarters because that was causing the Raptors to lose games with his trash defense. So actually, is a, is a very non stealth stealth tank. I don't it's a I don't know if that's like five dimensional chess or whatever the hell I'm talking about. But uh, I'm going out there and saying if Jonas is uh, is available in your league. Pick him up right now. There's no reason he should not at least have a flyer taken out on him. Oh, the Grizzlies traded Sheldon Mack today, too. Oh, did you see this? really? No, I did not see that. Yes, to the Hawks for Tyler Dorsey. I, I missed some of the later the later trades there. Um, I, I, uh, Zubak got traded. Is, is that worth talking about? Uh, that was a really weird trade. It was a very strange trade. Also, I, I really hope the, uh, the the period of time where Jonas is getting used to the team that we see Joakim Noah play like 30 minutes a game for like three games. That'd be great. Yeah, so so that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, and that, we're going to talk maybe about this a little bit too, and we can talk about that Zubak thing if, if you really yeah, want let's, to. Yeah, let's talk about it because I think people are – I think I saw a little bit of a Twitter – um excitement about him going to the clippers and like he's one of the few people you have to pick up after this trade deadline and i don't i just don't see it tyler i mean i think you you kind of decimated him in a in a podcast not not just a week or so ago 
Yeah, he's he's going to be the new Boban. You know, he's on Boban's team. Right? He's going to be in the Clippers, and he's going to be the new Boban. Um, they're going to play Montrezl Harrell, the, the lion's share of those center minutes. You cannot play Montrezl Harrell and Zubak together. You just can't do that. That's a, that's a lineup that's going to get absolutely destroyed by yeah. pretty much any team. Um, so, yeah, Zubak. I mean, you guys can listen back to some older podcasts to hear my my full thoughts on Mr. Zubak here. He's fun. He's like Boban, right? He's a fun guy to root for, and he can have a crazy stat line every now and again, but there's going to be plenty of games where he's a DNPCD, even on the Clippers, if you ask me. Um, yeah, I, I actually think they might play him a little bit more than uh, you think he's going to play. But I don't, I, I don't see him suddenly being the starting center or playing 30 minutes a game. I do not think in a standard league you need to go pick him up right now. Uh, maybe if you want to take a flyer on him, if you're in a deeper league, uh, I'm totally for that. Actually, um, I'd much rather have you know Gildress Alexander on this team. Uh, I'd much rather have Jamichael Green on this team. Well, than, and than Zubac. and you brought up a good point about the deeper league thing, and. He, here's the way I look at that, um, especially if it's head-to-head in its deeper leagues. Now, in Roto, you know, the, having a guy who's very consistent is, is probably even better, right? Because you know, like, I'm going to get eight points from this guy every night. Yeah. Quality and, starts a quality start, especially someone you're, you're, you're not sure if you're going to start or not. Right. Um, but in a head-to-head league, especially if it's a deeper league, like 14, 16, 20 teams – I actually like to have a guy like Zubak on my at, like right at the end of my bench for this reason and this reason only. We know if maybe Montrez Harrell gets hurt and we know Zubak's going to start and play like over 25 minutes. Zubak can a lot of times put up a really good stat line. So if I don't have to start that player that often and I could have, you know, a, a really good game one every 15 games, one every 10 games. I, I kind of like to have that at the end of my bench on a deeper league, but you got to realize too, there's going to be some games where you're going to get absolutely nothing. So you kind of got to weigh those two against each other. Yeah. It might be the game that matters. It might be the playoff matchup that matters. And actually that is what everyone out there, you should be focused completely on right now. Either um, you are heading into the playoffs and you are, solidifying your team for your first and second rounds, or you are scraping to get into the playoffs right now. Or if you're in a Roto League, you should be focused on those categories, understanding the math, figuring out which categories you could pass people in, figuring out which teams could pass other players and maybe uh, sending them a, a trade before the your trade deadline uh, for a guy that will help them out but hurt your opponents um for you know maybe maybe you don't get much too much back in that trade there, there is nothing wrong with a little uh easy trading when it comes to winning in a in a roto league so that is uh probably what we're going to be focusing on for the rest of the season we have the all-star break coming up here real soon and don't worry we will be doing our annual uh all-star draft um where i believe tyler will mention multiple times that he is he is undefeated in the All-Star drafts. Um, so good for you, Tyler. I'm very proud of you for beating me every single time, even though it was my idea. Uh, yeah, well, even more importantly than that, I will mention something that's going to be important over the next couple weeks, and that is the buyout market. Um, ah, yeah. So people forget about this, right? So right after the trade deadline, guys on expiring deals, they get bought out. They go to different teams. Um, Enos Cantor got bought out today. Zach Randolph got bought out today. Wilson uh, Chandler a, is supposed to, it looks like. 
Right. So the, so those are just some names, and there'll be plenty more over the next couple of days. Um, Carmelo Anthony is obviously one who already kind of got bought out. Um, Wesley Matthews got bought out, and he's heading to the Pacers. Is that correct? Is it, did he sign? Uh, did he agree with the Pacers already? I hadn't seen that he was going to agree yet, but um, maybe. Anyways, while you talk about, it, while you look that up for me, um, and, and Robin Lopez is another guy who's on it. Those guys, some of those guys are going to matter. Like we've seen Enos Cantor, even in twenty minutes a game, play an important fantasy role, right? So um, I would keep an an eye out still. Like don't go to sleep on your fantasy team. Um, make sure you know what you're buying and, and maybe what role these guys could play. Um, yeah, so Shams Karyani, Wesley Matthews will be released by the New York Knicks today and plans to sign with the Indiana Pacers. Wow, the there it is. Tell the athletic. So, and Wesley Matthews yeah. on the Pacers could be playing, you know, 30 minutes a game. Yeah, so, if he's playing 28-plus minutes a game, that's a standard league uh, relevant, at least streaming standard league relevant players. So these bio markets do matter. You're absolutely right. Um, so I guess just keep an eye out for some of these guys who, you know, and you got to you gotta find the right role and you got to, you know, kind of do some digging on yourself. Like if the person's going to go to a team like, like Zach Randolph, if he's going to sign with a contender, the chances he hasn't played all season, the chances of him playing a fantasy relevant role are probably not that good. But if he's going to sign with the Hawks, who are trying to lose games, they might run Randolph out there for a couple weeks at 20, 25 minutes a game. You know, you never know. So you kind of got to pay attention and keep your eyes open. Yeah, the waiver wires will be uh, hot with this, and we will continue to pay attention to the waiver wires and those buyouts for you. Um, guys, we really appreciate you listening. And gals, I, I bet you there's some – some uh ladies listening to the podcast who knows uh shout out to you uh respect to you playing fancy basketball um we want everyone to be welcome here at watch the boxes and listen we we appreciate you listening and if you want to do us a favor please rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this to or if you want to do us a real solid go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes subscribe help support the show it keeps the show running uh with the trade deadline over we are going to be pivoting towards uh different topics maybe even looking more long term and we want your feedback so please uh what you want to hear on the rest of the for the rest of the year is what we're going to give you um you can find me at watch the boxes and tyler where can people find you on twitter uh, you can find me at Tyler P. Watts. And I'm jonesing. I will say this for you people looking. I am jonesing to share my many thoughts on this draft class. But the Mavericks not having to pick have been holding me back from doing so. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Tyler is always looking forward to next year's draft class. Uh, one of the things that Tyler always puts, to, uh, puts together a, a very good synopsis of the draft class going into the fantasy season looking forward to reading that. I'm also looking forward to doing a little preemptive talk on our way out of this season. So everybody, good luck on your way to the playoffs. Um, send us your feedback and we will talk to you very soon. Thanks everybody.